From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, please enjoy this devotional thought taken from Morning and Evening by Charles Haven Spurgeon. This morning's text is found in Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse 5. Yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant. This covenant is divine in its origin. He hath made with me an everlasting covenant. Oh, that great word, he. Stop, my soul. God, the everlasting Father, has positively made a covenant with thee. Yes, that God who spake the world into existence by a word. He, stooping from his majesty, takes hold of thy hand and makes a covenant with thee. Is it not a deed, the stupendous condescension of which might ravish our hearts forever, if we could really understand it? He hath made with me a covenant. A king has not made a covenant with me, that were somewhat. But the prince of the kings of the earth, Shaddai, the Lord all-sufficient, the Jehovah of ages, the everlasting Elohim, he hath made with me an everlasting covenant. But notice, it is particular in its application. Yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant. Here lies the sweetness of it to each believer. It is not for me that he made peace for the world. I want to know whether he made peace for me. It is little that he hath made a covenant. I want to know whether he has made a covenant with me. Blessed is the assurance that he hath made a covenant with me. If God the Holy Ghost gives me assurance of this, then his salvation is mine, his heart is mine, he himself is mine, he is my God. This covenant is everlasting in its duration. An everlasting covenant means a covenant which had no beginning and which shall never, never end. How sweet amidst all the uncertainties of life to know that the foundation of the Lord standeth sure and to have God's own promise, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Like dying David, I will sing of this, even though my house be not so with God as my heart desireth. Let the Bible 
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour which is Christ the Lord. From all of us at Let the Bible Speak, may you have a blessed and Christ-filled Christmas.
On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, bringing the next portion of a message called the Spirit of Adoption. The text is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. In salvation, our Heavenly Father not only saves us from hell, but He brings us into a new legal standing, that of His children, with all of the benefits of that position. As Paul writes, we are no longer under law, but under grace. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message on the spirit of adoption. In Roman law, a father owned his son, much in the way that he would own a slave. Although obviously, unlike the slave, the son was also an heir. But the, the title to the family was in the hand of the father. And it was a very, very difficult thing to break the bond of sonship and to transfer that son from one family into another family. Couldn't be easily done. And if it were going to be done, it had to be by a very specific legal transaction. It's very interesting just to follow that transaction through. It started off with what the experts call a quasi-redemption. In other words, it didn't always have to mean that there was an actual monetary consideration. But there was a ritual redemption. That was the first thing. A purchasing of the one to be adopted. Then there was a full acceptance of the adopted child into the position of having an equal status in the new family with all the other natural sons of that family. And then the adopted child... He assumed all the rights, all the privileges, and all the obligations of a legal son and heir. And every bit of this was witnessed in the sight of the law. And then and only then was the adoption process complete and recognized. Now this is what Paul is referring to when he speaks about adoption. When he speaks about us being adopted by God, he has this whole legal procedure in mind. The word adoption, some people take to mean simply sonship. That's a mistake. There is another word very close to it, but it means sonship. This one is the placing of a son. It has the idea of the legal placement of a son into another family. And it's clear that Paul is using the word in a technical sense in order to get over to us a great theological truth. Adoption. I quoted to you a moment or two ago the Shorter Catechism's definitions of sanctification and uh, justification. What is adoption then? Summing all this up. Adoption is an act of God's free grace whereby we are received into the number and have a right to all the privileges of the sons of God. That is adoption. 
We are received into the number of God's sons. We have given to us a right to all the privileges of God's sons. And this is a vital aspect of salvation. Sadly, it's an aspect that's very often ever mentioned. And I say sadly because it's interesting just to see how differently Paul thought from modern preachers. There are preachers who preach for 50 years, and they never once preach on adoption. Yet when Paul in Romans chapter 9 and verse 4 was listing the benefits of the Israel of God, he says, to whom pertaineth, and he gives a list of blessings, first and foremost, the adoption. To whom pertaineth the adoption. I want to tell you, the more you understand this thing, the more you will realize that it is a choice, spiritual blessing, among all the blessings of grace. So today, I want us to look a little in this area. Now, I'm not going to preach on adoption in itself. That's a very big subject. But I want us to think particularly of the place of the Holy Ghost in adoption. He is called the Spirit of Adoption. That's what we're going to be thinking about. The Spirit of Adoption. Now, let me clear the decks right away in the simplest possible way. This does not mean, though some eminent scholars and theologians have said that it does, this does not mean that the Holy Ghost does the adopting. He doesn't. God the Father does the adopting. It does not mean that adoption is the result of the Holy Ghost coming to abide within us. The very reverse is the case. The Holy Ghost comes to abide within us. Galatians 4, verses 5 and 6. Because we have been adopted. Now the truth of this text I can sum up in a sentence. And I want you to think of it and let it sink in. That God sends the Spirit of His Son into all his adopted sons to lead them to the knowledge and enjoyment of their adoption. That's what God gives us the spirit of adoption for. Now then, with that in mind, let's look at this spirit of adoption and what he does. First and foremost, the spirit of adoption witnesses that we are not under law, but under grace. Notice what it says. Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. The contrast between bondage and adoption is basically the contrast between law and grace or law and gospel. Over in the book of Galatians chapter 4. Look at the very end of the chapter. Verse 24. Which things are an allegory. For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. This Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Very clearly then. What is it that gendereth to bondage? It is being under the law. That's what genders bondage. What is freedom? Freedom is the gospel. 
Go back in Galatians chapter 4 to verse 3. Even so we, when we were children. Now the word children here is referring back to the time when we were under law. When we were children, when we were under law, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. The elements of the world in the book of Galatians this brings us back again to the law. We were in bondage under the law. Now notice. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Notice the two parts of the contrast. Under law, bondage. Under the gospel, adoption, liberty, the liberty of the sons of God. Paul takes this up in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says the law is a ministration of death. It's a ministration of condemnation. Whereas the gospel is a ministration of life and of liberty. Now, the spirit of adoption comes to a believer. And he witnesses, you are not under law, but you are under grace. One of the things that a Christian has to deal with is the attack of the devil to bring him back under the bondage of guilt. One of the things that the devil is always going to seek to do, to bring a believer under the bondage of guilt. If the devil can get a believer in Jesus Christ under bondage and under guilt, then to a large extent he has negated that Christian's usefulness to God. There is no joyous testimony. There is no great evangelistic thrust normally from a person who himself is under terrible bondage of guilt. Your own experience will tell you that. A reading of the scripture will tell you that. A reading of church history will tell you that. The best instrument in the hand of God for getting the gospel and all the saving fullness out into the world of lost sinners, the greatest instrument is a man who feels the liberty of the gospel in his own soul, who is enjoying Jesus Christ, who is not under the bondage of guilt. And it is the spirit of adoption that deals with that. As the spirit of adoption, the Holy Ghost points to the law satisfied. Jesus Christ was made under the law. Jesus Christ lived under the law. Jesus Christ died under the law. In his life, he fulfilled every jot and every tittle. And the law as to precept was perfectly fulfilled in him. The voice of the precept of the law is silenced by Jesus Christ. Then he died and silenced the thunderous roar of the penalty of the law. Because in dying, he paid the penalty in its absolute fullness. The law is satisfied. 
neither its precept nor its penalty can condemn the believer in Jesus Christ. The spirit of our adoption would point the believer in Christ to the satisfied law. And he would tell us that we, as the adoptee in Roman law, we have been redeemed from its condemnation and from its power. The Lord Jesus Christ has not merely made a ritual redemption, he has made a real redemption. He has, by the shedding of his blood, purchased us unto himself, and thereby justified us, Romans 5 and 9, justified by his blood, justified us, and given us acceptance with God, Ephesians 1, 6, in the beloved we are accepted, in the beloved Son we are the accepted sons of God. That's the meaning in Ephesians 1, 6. Coming right after a reference to adoption, you'll see that's the meaning. In God's uniquely beloved Son, we are accepted as sons of God. It's easy to say that. My friend, that is the ministry of the Holy Ghost to witness those things. We are therefore free as the very sons of God. Romans 6 and 14 brings this down to a very practical level. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Now let me say this is a verse that deals with Christian victory, yes, but it goes to the basis of Christian victory. Sin is not your master because you are not under law. You are under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not living in an economy or God has not placed you in a situation where your Christianity, your acceptance with God, your victory, your anything depends on your ability to do the law, to fulfill the law. You are under grace. And under grace, you are in Christ and one with Christ. Through the merits of him who fully satisfied the law, there is victory over sin. Oh, that God's people would learn this. So many, as I say, laboring under guilt. So many cannot get their minds off the failures and the filth of a past life. So many can't get beyond the skeletons that keep dropping out of the cupboard. I want to tell you, my friend, there is an answer to all the guilt. There is an answer to all the roaring condemnation of the law. It's in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. When a man comes by faith to Jesus Christ, 
Then the spirit of adoption says, you are no longer under law. It's satisfied. And you are accepted with God. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, Founded by Dr. Alan Cairns, Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the Church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 